was the realest. I was the baddest. We was the illest. When he approached me, I said, Joe, what the It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday, August 13th. I'm Donald Ware. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. And uh, we're going to begin with the SIAC on today, the two-time defending Eastern Division champion, Fort Valley State Wildcats. And, of course, we wrapped up the MEAC with Delaware State on Friday. So we previewed all of the MEAC teams. We previewed all but one CIAA team. We've previewed all uh, but one of the SWAC teams. And then we've previewed programs like Texas College and Edward Waters, Tennessee State, uh, of course. And if you missed any of those podcasts, log on to our website. If you're already on the website, of course, you can click on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast banner and listen to any of those podcasts. Most of the podcasts have the respective head coach of the school on them, so you're going to get the skinny on what to expect for the 2018 season, which as a matter of fact, today is the 13th. The season begins on the 25th. We are 12 days away. And again, we're going to take a look at the Fort Valley State Wildcats, and to do that, to look forward or to look at the 2018 Wildcats, you have to go back to 2017 and remember the Wildcats I would say and I would argue um, and again it's no knock on the Wildcats per se but if you go back to the 2016 season Fort Valley State won the SIAC championship I would argue by default because the SIAC at that time was going by division record as opposed to overall SIAC record so all you had to do was win four games in the division at that time. Uh, the, the East was extremely weak. Meanwhile, you had a real battle in the Western Division that year to the point that uh, t- it, it was Kentucky State because Kentucky State, by virtue of winning the one game against Tuskegee, meanwhile, if you look at the overall SIAC records from both of those teams that year, Tuskegee had the better record, but because it was division Record And by virtue of Kentucky State beating Tuskegee, they were able to make it. I I take you back also to 2016. And again, I'm looking back to look forward because in 2017 and, and, you know, coming into last year, I thought I didn't really think Kentucky State um, was going to be that good. And, you know, ultimately in 2017, they weren't wasn't so sure about this, that would be the case with Fort Valley State. But Fort Valley State was actually pretty good. Five and five record. They had one game canceled um, against Valdosta State due to the weather uh, that we had. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, while, the again, the, the East may not be great, the game that they had to win, and it was an early game, was against Benedict. And they defeated Benedict 31 to 28 in overtime didn't matter on the fact that they got pretty pretty much I'm not going to say blown out but I mean Albany State handled them uh, 34 to 9 but you got to take into consideration that Fort Valley State had already pretty much wrapped up uh, knew that they were going to be in the SIAC championship game probably didn't play as many guys as they would have against Albany State even though that's that Fountain City Classic and thus Albany State uh, wins that game but you know if you look at you know, I give Fort Valley State all the credit in 2017 
and deservedly so. Ultimately, they could not win the SIAC championship game. They fought valiantly against Tuskegee, but ultimately fell in that game. So we look back to now look forward. And leading the charge on the offensive side of the football is the quarterback, Slade uh, Jarman, who actually had a, a fairly decent season, especially from a numbers perspective. 58% of his passes completed 1,640 yards, 14 touchdowns. He had five interceptions, not bad. And then he's also a guy that if you need him to, he can tuck the football and run with it a little bit. I think one of the concerns for the Wildcats this year has to be in the running game. No Chauncey Jackson, who led them in running uh, on last year. So that has to be of some concern. But one of the guys I really like, not just not just at the wide receiver position, but as a one of the better overall players in all of the SIAC is Lawrence Smothers. This is a guy that led... The Wildcats last year in receptions with 33, 413 yards, 12 and a half yards per reception. He also had three touchdowns. I think one of the issues with Fort Valley State is they lose a couple of other good receivers in Jeremy Glinton and Taji Steele, who were guys that were really deep threats, particularly Steele, uh, who, who had five touchdowns on the season. So that's a bit of a concern, but... The fact that Jarman at least has Lawrence Smothers, who not only can catch the football, he's a guy that um, you can put in the backfield a little bit. You can run some reverses to him, some wide receiver options to him. Um, he's a guy that can run the football. And then he's also a guy that does well in the punt return game. Average 18.4 yards per return um, on last year. Also had two punt returns for touchdowns. For, for touchdowns. So when you have a guy like that, um, that can do so many different things. I think that makes the offense a whole lot more versatile. But they lose some guys on the offensive side uh, of the football, as I mentioned, in the running back at the running back position and also at the wide receiver position as well. Now, defensively, um, you know this again. Uh, you know, I mean, the Wildcats were decent. Uh, more to the solid side, I would say, defensively. But, I mean, they're losing um, quite a few guys, uh, you know, from last year. They're losing some guys that could really generate um, a pass rush and generate some presence in the backfield, uh, most notably Demetrius Harris. Uh, he's gone. But when you return a guy like a Cameron Young in the secondary, he had three interceptions last year, returned them for 181 yards. This is a guy uh, that is definitely feared. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have a little bit of apprehension throwing it in that secondary when this guy's around. Also returning David Brown. So Young not only had three interceptions last year, but he was also the leading tackler for this team with 65 tackles. 37 of those solo plays very well from that safety position. And then you also have David Brown, who returns, um, was second on the team in tackles with 54 uh, and had five tackles uh, for loss. So, you know, they're returning a couple of guys, but, I mean, you're also losing. Kevin Porter and his staff losing quite a bit in the secondary last year. I mean, I think it's going to be hard, in my opinion. It's not to say that they can't because you can't count Fort Valley State out. This is a team, again, 
Say what you want. I prefaced the fact that they won the 2016 SIAC championship by saying that it was you you had to go by division record. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter. The bottom line is they won the SIAC championship. They followed it up with a division championship on last year and another appearance in the SIAC championship game. So I'm not going to count Kevin Porter and his crew out. I just think that it's going to be awfully, awful difficult um, to beat Benedict again, I think Benedict's going to be much improved. I said this um, a couple of weeks ago on from the press box to press row when we previewed the SIAC. I just thought Benedict was going to be the team to beat. Um, you know, Albany State's going to be right there as well. So this Eastern Division is really, really good. Um, you know, but I'm going to give Fort Valley State a lot of credit for what they've been able to do the last couple of years, and also for Fort Valley State and. One of the things that continues to impress me um, about Fort Valley State is their schedule, um, a, a good out-of-conference schedule. That is going to, in fact, be the case on um, this year. Last year, they played the likes uh, of Southern again. As I mentioned, they were supposed um, – uh, they, they had a game that was actually – uh, actually uh, rained out against Vault, uh, not rained, well, it, the weather uh, affected that game that they were supposed to have against Valdosta State on last year. So I think you really have to give them a lot of credit for their schedule. It's going to be a, a difficult schedule again this year. I mean, they got to, you know, this is a Florida A&M program that they have to start out with that has a really good quarterback in Ryan Stanley. It's not uh, a Florida A&M program from a couple of years ago. So that's going to be a tough game. They have to travel to Tallahassee. I like that. The Jake Gaither Classic. Then they're going to have to play Valdosta State again. Um, they're going to have to play at Miles to open the um, SIAC. Or, or, or yes, to open the SIAC season um, against Miles. And then Benedict at Benedict the very next week. So very tough back-to-back um, SIAC games. More Miles is is a cross division, but then Benedict right in the same division, and again, very much like last year, that game could, you know, it, it, it's going to be an early litmus test, and not only that, it, it could decide, you know, it could be a determining factor early on in terms of who wins the division. So that's a look at Fort Valley State. I think, I mean, again, you know, I, I don't. I, I like Benedict in the division, but I'm not counting Fort Valley State out. On tomorrow, we're going to take a look at the Albany State Golden Rams on tomorrow, Tuesday. Again, some great information forthcoming, some great stories. Uh, we released, of course, on last week, our Box to Row All-America team. You can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, to check that out. We also released... HBCU FCS coaches poll uh, on last week as well. So continue to stay locked in to BoxToRow.com for premier coverage of HBCU football. Have a great day!